You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It is time for the final segment of Silver and Black today. The home stretch as we call it here. And this is our mailbag segment, which we do later in the week. Always, and we appreciate it. You guys can mail us at mail at silverandblacktoday.com or hit us up on Twitter on any of our personal handles or on the show handle, and we'll get to your questions, uh, especially with our man, Midtown Mo. It's Midtown Mo. Yeah. I'm getting requests. People would like me to put this up to download. They want to make it their ringtone. Oh really? Ringtone. Yes. When you step uh, you step into your work your place of work, I, your workplace or whatever you go. Play that when you walk in the door. Mo. I would just separate automatic respect from your supervisor, your boss when you walk in with that intro. I think it needs to be your alarm in the morning. You just wake up to Midtown Mo. <laughs> Midtown Mo. Wake up, Midtown Mo. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have TV, I'm gonna have him do one for you. That's just Mo. It's time to wake up, Mo. You're late to record the show. <laughs> you know what's funny? I think more people on Twitter have been catching on, and this is how I know people listen to our show. A lot of people now refer to me as Midtown Mo when they when they tweet at me now. It is, yes. it's starting to really catch on. Like more than a handful of people, like oh Midtown yes. Mo. I I almost changed my Twitter handle to Midtown Mo, but. <laughs> We, 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 we have trademarked it. Uh, and so we're going to, we're going to make sure we protect it so that Mo has it and Mo owns it so that when he grows even larger, you know, he's going to have a clothing line. He's going to have sneakers. He's going to have hats. They're going to look like Nets hats, but they will be Midtown Mo. Oh my gosh. The next hat I get, it has to be blue and orange because thankfully no one has said, Hey, you have a Nets hat on. I haven't heard that in weeks. Thank goodness. Yes. They have but to have one. Had, they have to have a Brooklyn like. Oh, maybe not because it's the. No, they should have an orange and blue one for the Brooklyn one, shouldn't they? 
they do but the mats, i like I this one because you know the color scheme you know raiders silver and black today sure. so that's why i sure. chose this color scheme the problem like i said is that it's it looks so close to a nets hat that people think oh because they people know that i'm a knicks fan yeah so they're like how are you wearing a nets hat and i'm like no it's a brooklyn hat with the silver and black colors yes but people just it goes right over the head the whatever. two best nets of all time greg anthony and larry johnson <laughs> Sorry, my UNLV bias. Good net. Yeah. They were good, good Knicks, although Larry's Knicks. back was bad at that point. So tough one. He's around there a I lot, will, though. I will never forget that four-point play from Larry Johnson. Yes. I was a kid. Grandma was the, the stuff. All right, here we go. It's time for the mailbag segment. Raider Nation is never shy. You ask, we answer. It's time for the Raider Nation mailbag. What's on your mind, fam? Drop us an email at mail at silverandblacktoday.com. That's mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Now, it's your time to speak up. Oh, yes, and speak up you always do. I feel like I'm in a club in Tijuana when I was 18. The music, Shooting tequila, having Coronas. I wasn't born yet. Seeing some ladies. Yeah, I know you were. <laughs> the time, well, no, the timing year. What year were you born? 1986. Oh. I could the be. The year your the father. Mets won the World Series. I could be your father. Oh, that hurts. That really hurts. All right. <laughs> the year the one the Mets won the World Series. Absolutely. My good my good late friend Brian Plumer, who was uh was like a brother to me, was a huge Mets fan. And so we were in high school at that point. And oh, I mean, he would call me and Scott, I just want to let you remember the Mets are the world champions. <laughs> Click. Not that not that I hated the Mets or anything, because I was a Padre fan. I could care less about the Mets at that point in 86. But he would just call me, hey, did you know the Mets are the world champions? <laughs> Funny stuff. I, I wish I was I wish I had the memory to celebrate that, but I was I was what, seven months old? Yeah. I have only <laughs> I have only one uh sports championship memory of in my entire life, which was the nineteen ninety UNLV Rebels. That's it. The running rebels. That's it. Nothing. Nothing else. So when Raider fans, we haven't won a Super Bowl. Shut up. Well, I know some of you weren't alive the last time they won it, but still, your I team wasn't. has won it. Same with you. I was, in, I was in seventh grade when the Raiders won their last Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah. Okay. It's time. Forget about us. Well, I don't know. Maybe we should just talk about us now. Are we at that <laughs> I point? Mean, I, no. I mean, really, I haven't, I haven't seen the Raiders win the Super Bowl. I haven't seen the Knicks win a championship. No. I was too young to remember the Mets. I mean... Yeah. I'm waiting. I, I mean, yeah. now I'm in the professional realm, but it would be nice if, if one of the teams that I grew up watching actually won something important. I Yes. My, my Padres are spending money like they're drunken sailors in the Philippines, and that's good. I think they're trying to actually win. They have an owner who knows he's throwing money at the team, so we'll see if they can win. Who knows? We'll check it out. But anyway, it's time to get to your stuff, not our stuff. We'll talk about our stuff again later in a second. But anyway, all right, we're going to get into these questions. And Mo, the last show, Mo, you know, Mo, Mo doesn't ever say anything controversial. But every once in a while, he will say something that's really pointed and it, it generates some mail. So here we go, Mo. This one's for you. It's addressed to you. 
and I can't imagine why, uh, as you'll hear Uh-oh. in a second. But anyway, it says, Mo, on this week's show, you said Lamar Jackson doesn't get criticized because he's black. I'm black, and I criticize him all the time. He's a top athlete, but his game is not as good as people say it is. Are you saying... I guess here's the question. Are you saying everyone is afraid to criticize him because he's black or only white people who cover the league? As a black American, I'm tired of talking about guys' race. I'm proud of my people and of all black players, but I don't get why it would mean that you can't be told the truth about a player. I hope I don't get you in social media doghouse, my brother. Daryl W. in the East Bay. (laughs) Thanks, Daryl. All right, Mo. Somebody picked up on it. Shout out to you because... I, I salute you for that because and and to clarify what I said on on the show previous show is it's everyone is afraid to I think people of all creeds and races and ethnicities are afraid to criticize Lamar Jackson whether you're black or white or whatever because of, it started with Bill Polian if you remember mm-hmm. when Lamar Jackson came out of Louisville and Bill Polian said he should be a wide receiver I think he said right not not he's not gonna he's not a quarterback in the, on the pro level now i didn't agree with that assessment i felt like lamar could play on the pro level i, I feel like bill polian was out there with that take but ever since lamar won league mvp in 2019 and he's proved that he can be an nfl caliber quarterback and he's taken the ravens to the playoffs in four out of five seasons people say see that idiot bill bill polian didn't know what he was talking about <laughs> It had racial overtones to it. He's trying to say that Lamar wasn't smart enough to play quarterback. He's too athletic to play the position. And it's a new modern era right now. We have more black quarterbacks and we need that. And and, and I get, the and I've said this plenty of times, the quarterback position has evolved. It's changed sure. in recent years. So now you can have an athletic guy play the quarterback position and it's not looked at as a detriment. You don't, now the pocket passing statue quarterback is a thing of the past. So when I say that people are, are afraid to criticize Lamar, it's because of, it started with Bill Polian and people were afraid to be wrong about it because they know there will be people on Twitter that will jump on them and say, you know, who are you to criticize Lamar Jackson? He's done this, this, that, and the third. And you can't say, well, Lamar Jackson could improve in this area without having to defend that you're not a racist or that you're not a, a coon. And I'm, I'm going to say that word on air because – if you're if Daryl, if you if you look like us and you criticize Lamar, that's what they'll call you on social media. Say, oh, you're you're a coon. You're you're outdated. You 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 like the pocket passing quarterback. You like the Peyton Mannings of the world, but you don't appreciate the Lamar Jacksons and the Jalen Hurts of the world. And I would say that in today's NFL, you have to be able to move, but you can appreciate both. You can appreciate sure. a, a quarterback who's primarily a pocket passer, and appreciate a quarterback who can move, depending on what your roster makeup is. And and I think that. Lamar Jackson is a top 10 quarterback in this league. Maybe top eight, depending on where you have him. Now, people are going to criticize his throwing. It, he doesn't rack up enough yards through the air. He doesn't throw the ball outside the, outside the numbers, what have you. But again, the, the way the quarterback position has evolved and changed, there is a place for Lamar Jackson's out there. Well. And this is why Anthony Richardson's draft stock has been rising over the past month or a few weeks now that people are saying he could possibly be the number one pick and i wouldn't doubt it because of guys like lamar jackson because of seeing jalen hurts in the super bowl but i will say just to narrow it down 
I think a lot of people are afraid to criticize Lamar and say he can improve in certain areas because they don't want to be put in that Bill Polian lane of, oh, you might be a coon or you might be a racist if you're white. Yeah, and I will not say that word on the air, but I will say <laughs> I will say this. Do you believe, Mo, I mean, is does the same apply to Mahomes? Does it apply to Hertz? You mentioned Hertz already. Does it apply to the, the Geno Smith? Does it apply to... Um, to other black quarterbacks? Because, listen, I don't disagree with you. I think that, listen, I've seen reporters talking about prospects in college and say things like, hey, he doesn't have the football IQ, and people take that as racist, when in actuality, it's not. they're not saying that he's not a smart individual. They're saying that perhaps his football IQ while playing is not up to level with some other quarterbacks, by the way, who happen to be black too. So they're giving the compliment to one black quarterback and not another. So, so I, I think people look for these things. I don't know why it's such a third rail. They have everybody in Indianapolis this week, Mo, in what is like a cattle show, right? Where you, you, you talk about in some ways dehumanizing people more than anything. Uh, I mean, could you, does that have racial overtones? Going back to to when this country unfortunately had slavery, I don't know, but I think you can find that kind of stuff wherever you want if you're looking for it. But the criticism, I mean, and you, I've I've told you for years on this show that I'm a Lamar Jackson fan, but I'm critical of him because he can't stay healthy. One and number two, I don't think he's he's progressed. I think he's regressed a little bit. That does not mean he's not a fine quarterback. It just is what it is. And so uh, obviously Daryl caught on with that. And, and the racial tinge that you guys can understand that I cannot sitting here mm. with my skin color. But it is interesting because I'm starting to see more and more folks like Daryl who are African-American football fans are like, look, yeah, I, I understand the societal stuff going on, but we're doing fine. And you can't look at everything as a slight because of his race. If we're going to touch the throw rail subject, let's let's put Twitter into perspective. Let's be honest about <laughs> Twitter is that you could say so many there are so many things that you could say on Twitter and someone out there is going to find, you know, a racial component to it. They'll turn it into a, you know, a racial discussion when it has nothing to do with race or anything like that. But because that's what people do on Twitter to stir up likes and retweets and discussion and, and, mm -hmm. and interaction. That's what people do. They want to find a third world discussion to 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 cause a ruckus online, and that's what, you know that's what a lot of people just have their accounts for. A lot of people are bored on Twitter, believe it or not. But when it comes to Lamar Jackson, just to put this back into perspective, is I just noticed so many people will put Lamar Jackson on this pedestal as if he's above reproach, as if he can't be criticized. Mm. And when I see that, I, I feel like it's because these people are, again, afraid to say something for a fright of being, again, called out of their name or something that they're not. And, and it's like, okay, I have to cover myself. I have to compliment him before I criticize him because, you know, the the, 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 tw the Twitter troll is going to come after me and, and, and call me all types of names. And I think people hold back on that criticism because – they're afraid of that backlash where, especially if you're a white person, if a person mm -hmm. looks like you, Scott, tread carefully because okay. they're going to put you, they're going to put you in that bill polling lane. If you're like me and Daryl, they'll say, well, you know, you guys are, are the C word. You guys are coons. You guys don't, you know, you're criticizing Lamar Jackson. This is white supremacy. I know I'm saying all the <laughs> third rail buzzwords on this show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thankfully, you know, we can go there on this show, but I, I won't go too far into it because this is a Raiders show. But I will say that 
if you're going to criticize Lamar Jackson, just go on Twitter and just search any anytime you see a Lamar Jackson conversation. Just search the replies, search the quote tweets, and see what people say about those who are critical of Lamar Jackson and get back to me. And it's really interesting because of the racial component, obviously the, the makeup of the league, and there's still a lot of work to be done with front office opportunities and all that. We know the story there, and we've had the guys from Fritz Pollard on the show before. But But you look at the league being primarily black, and you look at progress at the quarterback position clearly, but you can criticize any player at other positions that are black and that doesn't come up, right? It depends. And mm. I, and I, and I want to point this out because this is another third real discussion. When the, <laughs> we're, when just, the Super we're just Bowl tripping came, all over them. We're just tripping all over them today. I'm, I'm going out on a limb today, but when the Super Bowl came up, I did a live show uh the week the day after the conference championship games mm -hmm. and i said this is the first super bowl that's going to feature two black quarterbacks right and i'm thinking that's not a that's not a controversial statement right you know patrick mahone's dad black you know hurts his, his his parents black there were people on twitter that said no patrick mahomes is not black he's biracial because his mom's white so there was there were there were arguments there to say, well, you can't classify Patrick Mahomes as a black quarterback. So he doesn't get the same criticism. He wouldn't get the same criticism as a Jalen Hurts. So we go, we're going back to what you classify yourself as. And this is what I mean about devolving the quarterback discussion from criticism on the field to taking it back to it's a it's now a racial discussion. Oh, Patrick Mahomes is not quote unquote a black quarterback. Look at his hair texture. You know, you can praise him as being a black quarterback, but he's not hmm. really a black quarterback. So he's but not going to get the same why isn't he, as why isn't he a black quarterback? Because he has a white mom. So did President Obama. People pick and choose. This is uh, what I mean. But this is okay. this is exactly so they're, what I mean. They're, 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 you're right. They're technically biracial. Right. But 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 I, I'm pretty sure he identifies himself as being black. Right. So, 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 it's, but, so it's it's subjective is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. People pick and choose when they want to separate people and, and, and say, okay, you belong in this category. You belong in that category. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's, that's when we get off track. Again, I'm not going to turn this into a, a show about, you know, racial discussion and stuff of that nature, <laughs> but it, it's odd to me sometimes when you have a criticism of a certain player and, and certain players like Lamar Jackson are protected where it's not even Patrick Mahomes because he's, arguably the best quarterback in the league. But if you get a yeah. quarterback who's doesn't have his, both his parents are not black, then it's like, oh, he gets special treatment because he's he's a lighter skin complexion. He has a white mom. You know, like it's uh -huh. like, come on, people. Can we can we get back to sports and we just judge the player for what they do on the field and not worry about you know what their hair texture is and what what their mom's racial background is or dad can we just get back to the sports please it, yeah it's cr incredible but daryl a uh, good question there and Great i know question. obviously mo has some passion around that and can speak to it so so good stuff i appreciate it daryl from the east bay first time he's written in but he says he's listened for a long time so thank you for that good for, and by the way good for daryl for, for having an objective eye and saying i don't care what the person looks like i'm i'm looking at what he does on the field yeah yeah exactly My and opinion. that's again and some people won't like that and and now i know why people don't criticize your performance on the show all right um, <laughs> no i'm kidding <laughs> kidding of course all right next question scott and mo i don't understand you or well, excuse me let me rephrase this. I don't understand how you or anyone who covers the Raiders won't call the so-called plan for the, the quarterback position 
what it really means, a Raiders rebuild. As a fan, I'm tired of waiting, and I think it's just another example of this franchise saying, F you, I had to spell it, say it the right way, uh, to Raider Nation because they know we're fans until the day we die. It's frustrating, and I'm tired of rebuilds. Thanks for the show, but I think you guys aren't being critical enough. Peace out, Ramon in Las Vegas. All right, so... I want to say this, and I think I texted this to you earlier today, and it was partially because I got Ramon's email last night, which was, um, I don't know, I don't think you can rebuild when you're a losing team already. Like, to me, a rebuild is you build and you have something, and then you tear it down because you have to rebuild. Or it's so bad that you have to rebuild. To me, it's building. Like, get out of the terminology of rebuild like you had something close I don't think the Raiders were close. Yes, they made the playoffs two years ago, but we've gone through that ad nauseum on luck, on all sorts of things coming out of that tragic year. So, Mo, am, am I wrong about that rebuild word? I mean, I'm not trying to be a Raiders PR person here. I don't work for them. I don't work on the radio station anymore. I, I've never been that way. Uh, so so what do you think of that that term, rebuild? Number one, I mean, haven't we been critical of the Raiders not adjusting the offensive line? <laughs> I knew you were going to go to that. Defensive line. <laughs> haven't we been critical of the Raiders all season for things that they didn't do to help this team win yes. football games? Haven't we been critical of Josh McDaniels? And we've been critical of the quarterback from the past, and we were told we hated him. <laughs> and in fact, you get criticized for hating the Jets, even though you don't cover the Jets. <laughs> I hate, apparently, I hate a lot of things. You hate everybody. I hate everybody and everything. But to, to the question, I. Look. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I, I, I've lost track of the question almost. But anyway, I, I will say I, I will say when it comes to the rebuild thing, I it to me it's semantics. It, what do yes. you what do you what do you define as a rebuild? Is a rebuild for you when you get a new coaching staff and a new front office? I would say yes. Is a rebuild for you when you get a new quarterback? Because I would say there are some people out there, fans and analysts, who believe once you boot a quarterback that you've had for nine years, sort of a rebuild because the quarterback is such such an important piece to your team. So I can kind of see where they would say rebuild. I'm not saying I necessarily agree with that because I get your point. You were six and eleven, so you're not really tearing down something that was winning. <laughs> but but as a lot of people will probably point out as I'm talking, the Raiders did go 10 and 7 and go to the playoffs, as you acknowledge. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like they tried to build off of what they had at 10 and 7. It didn't work. So they're rebuilding a part, a major part of the offense. Because again, if you if you have a quarterback in place for nine years and you boot them, they're gonna be some holes, they're gonna be some chain significant changes there because right. you're dealing with a new person touching the ball on every play. But I also think for me, and this is my terms and, and Ramon, if you, yeah. if you have a different de definition, cool. 
But to me, also rebuild means that like, okay, you've been the GM for four years. You've been the coach for four years. And suddenly you were going in these directions. It didn't work. And now you have to tear it all down. Like to me, you know, these guys are going into year two. And I know year one was disappointing based on expectations, but you can't rebuild something that you're just starting to build. Like to me that I guess you're right. You're you're right. It's semantics. And so that's all I pointed it out. But back to the the us being critical, I, listen, I think there's a lot. We could do bigger numbers on YouTube. We could b- do bigger numbers with downloads of this show if we were much more rah-rah. There's websites, there's podcasts, there's YouTube shows. They're all great stuff. I got no problem with them. I God bless all of the hosts. I hope they make tons of money and do really well. But I will tell you, they're very rah-rah. And that's cool. Go get it there. We have been very objective, which means when things don't go well, we're going to be critical. So, so I understand what you're saying, Ramon. We're not being critical of, it sounds like you're saying the quarterback plan, but I think we've actually done a really, really good job of exploring it from other, of every angle possible and giving you what we believe to be realistically the best approach, which we talked about on this show. Here's the thing, Scott. If a fan listening to this show thinks that the Raiders basically have crapped the bed ever since they let go of Derek Carr and there's no plan, they're going to say that we're not critical enough because their viewpoint of the situation is a lot harsher than ours. Correct. Now, we now on the on the other side of the coin, there are people that say, well, you guys aren't complimentary enough of what the Raiders <laughs> are doing because they got rid of Derek Carr. So there'll be people saying, well, you, you're not giving them credit for doing that because there are some people who wanted Derek Carr gone long ago. Yes. And they're, they're applauding Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziggler. Now, they didn't get any draft capital from which was a botch, in my opinion. But they're applauding the fact that they were they had the balls to move on from Derek Carr, which other previous head coaches did not do. Very so true. there are some fans that will say, you guys aren't compliment, complimentary enough of them doing just that, just moving on and turning the page and starting something new. So it all depends on how you view the situation, how you view it, and then you'll say, okay, you guys aren't critical enough or you guys are too critical. So it depends yes. on where you land on it. And Ramon, your opinion is welcome and it's cool. Yeah. And I'm fine. I'm totally fine with that. If you think that the Raiders are, are doing a horrible job since letting go of their car or their plans since letting go of their car just doesn't stir the drink for you. I, I totally get it because from the outside looking in, it looks like they don't know what's next. And as a fan, you want to know that your team is going to be competitive the next season. And yes. right now they really can't guarantee that for you. And they want something to be, I mean, it's the first time they're going to have a quarterback change in 10 years. So they want yeah. something to be excited about. So I totally get that. And a lot of fans, I, I do DMS with fans and they tell me about that. They're like, Oh, I can't wait to find out what we're going to do. I don't care if it's just Stidham this year, at least we're going in a different direction. So, so the excitement is very real and that's what they want. So I get it. And I'm sure that's a little bit to do with what your question was, Ramon, but thank you for your question. I think that's the second time he's written in this year. So thank you for that. We appreciate you listening out in Las Vegas, home of the Raiders. All right. Now we move on. Oh, by the way, when, when you were saying that people, you know, who look one way and look the other way can see our show as being overcritical or under or undercritical. I think maybe we do an opposite show where we come on and the whole show is everything we're saying is completely the opposite of what we believe. Right? That might be fun. It would be hard to do. It would be hard to do, but we could. So maybe but, we'll do that. And then somebody will listen to us and say, these guys are great. But the, the the weird thing, remember I said, I think I said this last week. I said, can you imagine if we just did a show where we just got on, turned on our mics, and you know, said, you know, everything the Raiders are doing are great. 
They're going to go 17 and 0. They're going to win the Super Bowl. I know they don't have a quarterback answer yet, but so what? Yes. They're going to beat the, they're going to sweep the Chiefs. They're going to sweep the Chargers and the Broncos in the division. They're going to win every game. Josh McDaniels is an elite head coach. Dave Ziggler is an elite GM. You're all out of your minds. You just have to let it pan out. Can you imagine if we did that every show? And I yes. said, would you take us seriously if we did that? No. On the opposite side, if we got on the show every day and we just fire everybody, everyone has to go, turn it over. They they need to fire Dave Ziggler, get, get Josh McDaniels out of here. He's a bum. There's nothing he can do that's right. That Dave Ziggler didn't do anything right this past offseason. He's not going to do anything right this offseason. Would you guys and gals out there listen to us if we did that? So the extreme things, to me, get people riled up when they agree with it. Correct. But it it you wouldn't take us seriously over the long haul if we did that. Well, and even the great, you, you talk about broadcast. Even the great Howard Stern, I think he said in his memoir that I've read years and years ago, he talked about it. He's like, if it wasn't for the people who hated me so much, I would have never been as big as I was. So, you know, so there, there is that play. We don't play that way. Uh, and again, we, we do that because we hold, we're true to ourselves, right, Mo? I mean, that's the key here. We, we, we are more objective, I think, than some other shows. Again, not criticizing that. That's just, they wanted, they can do their show the way they want to do it. They get their listeners. Our listeners tend to be more discerning, and they kind of want the both sides of things. They don't always agree with us. A lot of them disagree with us a lot, but they listen because at least they're challenging their own thinking. So, so we appreciate it. And Ramon, again, thank you, man, for the question. And and we'll try All to right. be more. We'll try to be at least more critical of our people who write in. To, no, I'm just kidding. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. I, I will say this: one thing I owe listeners and people who read my work is honesty. What I will never do is tell you something that I don't actually believe in. And I'm not going to call out any names here, but I'm sure there are content creators out there who say <laughs> things that they don't actually believe, but they know it'll oh, get yeah. them likes and clicks and all type and listens and stuff like that. When, whether you listen to me on, on this show, whether you read my writing, you listen to my live shows and Bleach Report, whatever I say, whatever is coming out of my mouth, unless I'm obviously being sarcastic, I actually believe the take that I'm providing you. It's not something to, to lead you astray. <clears throat> And we don't play with your emotions. There are folks, and again, no name, then you, oh, call them out if you're going to call No, I'm not going to because I have class. But I will tell you this. There are people who are very crafty at playing both sides, telling you inside information that is not really inside information and it can kind of go either way. Like, we don't do that. We're not going to play with your emotions. We're going to tell it like it is, tell you what we think. Am I always right? No, I have people, I have people who listen or at least, watch me on Twitter and tell me I'm an idiot all the time. Maybe I am. I don't know. I think I'm informed. I, I give you my opinion. Some people like it. Some people don't. My goal in life is not to have everybody like me. I know our listeners find us and I'm thankful for them. Mo and I every day are thankful for them because they've made the show very successful. But uh, I, I love to hear, and if you, we love to hear disagreement too. We love to hear you guys like Ramon calling us out. We disagree with his disagreement, but we talk about it. We don't call him a name and tell him to not listen to the show. All right. We're going to get on to our last question here. We're running out of time, uh, running long in this segment, but that's okay because it's about you guys. All right. Here's the last question, uh, Mo. It says, hey, boys, you've been very promotional about C.J. Stroud. You've told us why he's the best guy the Raiders could get in the draft. But if they can't move up, there may only be Richardson, Levis, and Hooker left in the first through third round. Although I think Hooker might go bottom in a second. But anyway, who's the best fit if it has to be one of those guys? That is Leo in San Leonardo. 
Wow. Leo in San Leonardo, California. All right, Mo. Um, I've been very vocal. I, I, I get the fascination with Richardson because his arm is huge. Um, he's big. He can run. He can do everything except be accurate <laughs> and read defenses really effectively. So I, I'm not a big fan. I think getting him later would be good. The fact that he might go in the top of the first round blows my mind, and I get it to what you said about the comparisons with Lamar Jackson, and maybe I'll be completely wrong on that. And if I am, I'll eat I'll eat my shoe on, on air. But <laughs> Levis also now is <laughs> Levis, who is going to be the first quarterback taken, has now dropped a little bit. Some people have mocked him to the Raiders. And then you have Hendon Hooker, who you mentioned earlier. I like him too, despite the knee injury. But the Raiders, with the plan we talked about earlier, if they're saying, hey, eventually well, we can develop a young guy, if that's what we're reading into it, uh, is also appealing. For you, though, the three guys he mentioned, and I think you're right. I think Richardson's going to be gone. He might even be gone before seven. So you might be looking at just Levis or Hooker or um, some of the other guys that are out there, which is the kid from Fres uh, Fresno. Um, what what do you think? Okay, I'm not going to cop out on this question. My pick would be the better fit. The best fit of those names would be for me, it would be Hooker. Now, I know people are going to say he's an old, he's going to be an old rookie. He's coming off of a knee injury. I get that. But if you're looking at it from a long term perspective and you're thinking, okay, who's the best quarterback for the next five years? And I think Hooker has that. To me, Hooker has that upside. And, and apparently, the Raiders are interested in him because, as I said earlier in this show, they've sat with him twice already. Yeah. So I think it, if there's a situation where Hooker is available at the bottom of the second, I could see the Raiders drafting him in that spot. And saying, okay, we got a Stidham or we got a we got a bridge quarterback. Hooker doesn't have to rush back. He can recover. And by 2024, we can see what he's got. He might be our guy. Another name that wasn't mentioned in that email, I think people should pay attention to is Tanner McKee out of Stanford. Tanner McKee. I don't love Tanner McKee as a prospect because to me he's too limited of a of his mobility is just not there. You want to talk people are criticizing CJ Stroud. Tanner McKee, I, I not a mover in the pocket. And I yeah. think that. If Josh McDaniels wants a primarily a pocket passing quarterback, a guy who's just going to stand in the pocket and sling it and not move too much, I think the Raiders may consider Tanner McKee. Although I wouldn't like the pick, I can see the Raiders picking him again in the second round. Yeah, and I and and he's fallen out of favor, and we'll see what happens with the combine and workouts. But I, I people should not overlook Will Levis because. I know the downsides. He was, he was injured. It's hard to play that position injured. But he hit the offense. This is where you talk about fit, Mo. The offense he played in Kentucky, huge on terminology. Sound familiar? Right? So here's a guy who's used to that sort of system. Now, they weren't exactly. It was more like Sean, McVay, Sean McVay's system, system. with the Rams. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's more like that. But they're both heavy in the terminology piece, which is what we heard Derek Carr had trouble with early, which Stidham was brought in and helped it with that. So, so again, I know Levis has some downside too, uh, and and all of that. But I'm I'm he's he's very he's very Mac Jones-ish, I think, as well. And so, to me, I see some similarities there. And so I'm, I'm saying don't sleep on him. I don't know that the Raiders will take him. I'm not saying they should take him. But I would not be surprised if it was Hooker or Levis, either one of them. Here's the thing. I think Levis looks the part. There was sure. something that Josh McDaniel said that 
made me connect him to Will Levis. And he said, I believe he said, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, once a quarterback who's going to be tough, stand in the pocket, not turn the ball over, of course, he did say that, and, and score with the football. But his 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 note about highlighting toughness and standing in the pocket, that's Will Levis to a T. Will yeah. Levis is going to stand in the, and top, short pa- stand in the and pocket. And short passes. Short passes. Right. He can throw Will long, Levis- but... He he's gonna stay in the pocket and deliver the football. Now he can move a little. He's not as toolsy as Anthony Richardson. Not even no, close, no but, not even close. But he's gonna stay in the pocket and he can move. Not gonna yeah. run for a bunch of yards, but he can move in the pocket. He has some mobility. But most of all, he's gonna stay in the pocket and deliver the football and take hits if he has to. And I think that would be appealing to a Josh McDaniels. Will Levis dealt with injuries this past season, and as a lot of people noted. His supporting cast changed. I believe he lost Wandale Robinson to the NFL, drafted by the Giants. I believe he he also lost the, the his second best wide receiver from the previous year. Uh, the offensive system changed. So with Will Levis, I can see the Raiders drafting a Will Levis at seven. A lot of fans don't want to hear that because I think Will Levis has been beaten up a lot as we evaluate these prospects. But it it, it matters also where you land. Certain quarterbacks. True. true. If you land with a certain. Uh, offensive play call or a certain system, you can flourish. I mean, we mm-hmm. saw it with, with Will Levis in, in 2021. So if he lands in the right system, I, I totally believe that Will Levis could be a starter in this league. So if, if the Raiders do draft a, a Levis at seven, I would say before you you beat him down and say he didn't do well his last his previous year and all this other stuff, let's see how he fits in Josh McDaniel's system because. As you said, when it comes to a quarterback, a Josh McDaniels type quarterback, that quarterback's got to be able to take a bunch of play calls, read coverages, and be able to stand in the pocket. Now yeah. you compare him to Mac Jones. I think he's, I think he, his arm strength, a lot more right. than Mac Jones, and also yeah. with, when it comes to his physical tools, a little more, little more toolsy than Mac Jones. But Correct. I get what you're saying as far as what he can take in and absorb as far as the playbook is concerned. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and. And if, if they did go that direction uh, and they re-signed Stidham, which it, everything is pointing to them re-signing Stidham. I think he wants to stay in Vegas. We'll see. If that happens, then it's great because you have another you know young guy there who knows the system again to teach you. And Will Levis can take a year or maybe even two. You would hope that he would start by year two, whoever it is. Uh, but But if they need to take two seasons, they can. And so to me, that's where that patience comes in. That's what we heard McDaniels talk about. One thing that I did read about Levis, I think one or both his parents are like Ivy League graduates. Yeah. So yeah, he's like he's kid. like a really yeah, he's a, like a really smart prospect. So you want to talk about IQ on and off the field, <clears throat> he has that. And one of those one of those interesting data points too, doesn't mean it's going to happen, but Champ Kelly, where did he go to school? Mm. He's got Kentucky connections, right? So, so anyway, so there you go. So you got some front office there, uh, and and just an idea, but 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 uh, great question, Leo. We appreciate it there, uh, and that's our view on that. We're basically warming you up for Will Levis at number seven, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a big I'm a, this this somebody's going to take this clip and make, and use it the wrong way. But I'm a Hooker fan. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like Hooker as a quarterback. Come on now. And um, and so oh the knee gosh. injury, I get it. But if the, if the Raiders don't get one of those guys in the first round, that's the guy I hope they target. Because if you're going to develop a quarterback and you have some time and the knee looks good, the reports you have are awesome and, and the recovery is going well, I like him. I think he's got the potential to, to really jump up. He's older, yes. I know he's four years older than everybody else. 
but that's okay uh, because but he'll have the opportunity to come in and learn quickly. So good if, stuff. If I'm doing this show by myself next week because Scott suspended, <laughs> you know why? Who you know says he likes hooker? Suspended. I didn't say hookers. I said hooker. Scott will be there'll be a rumor out of Scott that Scott Rocky doing Top cocaine Rocky Top. And, and doing cocaine and inviting <laughs> hookers to his home. Uh, oh my the god, that's ter- ter- terrible. Uh, okay, <laughs> that's gonna close out the show on, on a high note. Get it? High note. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, I know that's a dad joke. I got gotcha. you. All right, Mo. Uh, what do you got coming up the rest of the week that people have to read online? Well, not so much reading. I'm going to be um, doing my Midtown Mo. Oh, uh, live on. show? Yes, live show on Friday. Nice. I, I won't reveal the subject. I'll wait till Friday morning to tweet that out. But I'll be I'll be doing my fulfilling my Midtown Mo duties on Friday. And then after that, we're going to I'm going to get into the franchise tag. And if Josh Jacobs does get the franchise tag, you best believe I'll be writing about it. The deadline is next Tuesday on the 7th. Yes, we're just putting up the theme music because it's fun. Um, okay, good deal. Make sure, well, your live show, it's going to be uh, interesting, I'm sure. Subject. 12, 12 is it, Eastern. Is it Raiders related or you can't even say that? Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be league-wide, but I think Raiders oh, okay. fans should tune in because it's going to involve ah. something that the Raiders, should, Raiders fans should pay attention to. We're afraid to see in the combine going on. Afraid to see next week, well, two weeks in the combine going on now. Yeah, you finally got David Carr on your show, huh? No, I'm kidding. Okay. I wonder how David Carr feels about our show. He probably hates our guts. Maybe hates your guts because you're, you're hard on him. So, okay. We are uh, done for the show. My friend, Mr. Maurice Mo. I'm going to call you Maurice. It just sounds weird coming That's from That's what your mind. byline is, though. It is, but when someone calls me Maurice, I, I know automatically that we're not well acquainted or they don't know me very well. <laughs> or it's somebody over 65. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So, so there you go. But we, <laughs> I think you should change your byline to Midtown Mo. When, I, when I'm, report? Hey, when I, when I'm up far further up the ladder and I'm able to just alter my name and just go by a pseudonym, that would be perfect for me. But until uh, then. So, so does this mean you're going to the barber before Friday? Actually, I'm going to the, if you're listening to this right now, I've already gone to the barbershop. So if oh, you're listening you to this okay. right now, I've got a fresh fade and I'm ready to go. Got oh, that's right. Because we, we had a business meeting with the network earlier and and I did see your hair. I should know that. Yeah, I could see that yeah. it was close. You weren't you weren't getting any. I, I still think you got to go natural at some point, though. And just go all oh, the way out. Just gosh. go all the way out. Come on. I'm jealous because oh, I would love to do that and I just can't. I, I want to go back to the, actually stuff. not to, not to go off on a tangent. But I want to go back to the nineties. I used to get a part. I used to get a slanted oh, yeah? part in my hair. Yeah, the hard part, to, as we yeah. call it, white dudes call it a hard part. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Bring it back. Bring it the, back. I like. I remember the days in the nineties with the with all the designs, right? Yeah, like the zigzags and the lightning bolts and all kinds of stuff. I, I grew up. Mickey swishes. I grew up at a time where the kids came to school either the designs in their hair or the rat tail. You've seen. That? Oh yeah, the rat tail. We had our, the, the, for, for those of us who went to primarily white schools, we had rat tails in the eighties. It was like, uh, not, not the mullet. The mullet was there too, which is the mullet. But, but the, but we had little rat tails where you would just leave, like you'd get, cause parents wouldn't let their kind of middle-class kids get long hair. So they'd get their hair cut kind of short, but then they'd have the tail in the back. Yeah. 
Old times, man. Old Good the times. days. Yes. No, yeah. that was terrible. That was terrible stuff. All right. Mo, my friend, I will see you again on Tuesday for our new show. Awesome. We'll talk a lot about Combine next week. We will. Absolutely. Maybe some tagging and some free agent signings. And who knows? We'll find out. Like going, like going. All right, my friend. Take care. Uh, and we're going to say goodbye to all of you as well. Also, again, please, if you would do us the favor, make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. We know from the data, most of you get it up on Apple. Thank you so much for that. If you wouldn't mind dropping us a five-star review in there, we would appreciate that as well. Helps us out significantly with the big suits and the big buildings uh, at the network. They're like, oh, these guys are getting great reviews. <laughs> so that's good for us. Uh, please do that. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscriptions. And the notification bells. You got to do both of them. It's a, it's a pretty easy task. They're right next to each other. Just hit both. And we appreciate, as always, the lively chat, which I am in every time having fun with you guys. So thank you so much for that one as well. For our producer, David Stepanian, for Mo Moten, I am Scott Branson. We will check you next week. Raider Nation, take care of one another out there.